What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Factory Tour. Uh, it is Wednesday, July 26th, and I'm here with Akash. You can find him on Twitter at YZRFantasy. If you follow me, you probably follow him. He has a much larger following than me. Uh, but if you don't know Akash, he is a lover of Marquise Brown. He is, in my opinion... Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. <laughs> no, lover of Marquise Brown just sounds crazy. I do like him as a player. <laughs> Not his lover, though, unfortunately. Oh, no, you're not. Okay, I had that wrong in my notes. My bad. Um, uh, Akash is also, in my opinion, kind of a, a fantasy meme thought leader, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, he That's also right. was recently cooked by Devontae Parker on Twitter. Um, Akash, what yeah. do you have to say to those allegations? I'm the first man to get cooked by Devontae Parker in <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Oh, so no, sad, mean, but so true. No, I like Devontae Parker. I was talking some shit on Twitter. Not that much. I was just saying that, like, has he ever had a catch on a non-go route? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's funny, but I understand why he was, like, uh, jabbing me for it. He's just like, nah. And I was like, all right, bro, you got me. Because, uh, like, yeah, that's his, that's his role. He runs go routes. He, he's good at that role, which, like, yeah. he's down the field. Um. But like I like Devontae Parker. He's like in fantasy, he's always been a little underrated, where it's like not anymore, but it used to be a guy where you like you just get like 11, 12 points per game. Mm -hmm. And like he's good in best ball because he'll run a bunch of routes when everyone thinks Tyquan Thornton's gonna do it. And then also I remember in um twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. He cooked the hell out of Michael Thomas on Instagram, <laughs> and I'm a Falcons fan, and so I absolutely loved every second of that. And so I, so I nice. followed him back then, and so uh, nothing, nothing but love for Devontae Parker. Yeah, man, I kind of dig him as like yeah. a, a round 17 best ball pick on underdog, but um, but yeah, keep him off yeah. my dynasty teams. I got I got no use for that. It's a little yeah, a little too roster clogger ish for me. Um, so your your Twitter banner uh, features a. a looks like a tweet at you uh it says yes. you are just too dumb to understand football uh would you would you right. say you agree with that statement that's why it's my header better header yes that's why it's my <laughs> header for real so a man um named clay river back in 2021 mm -hmm. said that to me and i was like you know what he's absolutely right i really don't <laughs> i really can't you know it's too complicated for me i'm just not not good enough so yeah uh put that as my header and i don't know a lot of people do like, I don't know, stuff that actually makes sense for their header or like have some of their favorite players and edit or like a picture of them. And it's like, no, no, nope. man, like just, just encapsulate like Twitter persona. Right. Exactly. That's me. I just don't, yeah. don't understand football. Only the best guests here on the factory tour. Uh, we're going to be taking a little break from the heavy strategy that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. It sounds like Akash probably wouldn't understand it anyway. Um, yeah. And we're going to just go back to some good old-fashioned player talk. We've got a good like buy-sell show for you. We're going to go over some rookies, some buy-highs, sell-lows, which is a little out of the ordinary. Uh, before we do that, we are going to jump into the mailbag real quick. We have two good questions here from some loyal listeners. Uh, the first one comes from DSP4150 on Twitter. Oh, David, my boy. Yeah, from the Bulletproof Discord, where Akash also has a channel uh, where he... I'm not sure there's a lot of fantasy months. advice in there. It's just mostly like memes and like talking about Marquise Brown. And I haven't like... done any any content in months, dude. Holy shit! I'm such so, a I'm such a I'm a scumbag. I'm a what's it? I'm a leech. A degenerate. 
Uh, I'm bringing you out of a semi fantasy retirement. I'm like ending your hibernation. So this is your, your yes. call to return Dude. to some content. Cause the season's coming up. Okay. This is I my know first you... show in months other than yeah. like one where I was just like on my phone in bed and I was bored. <laughs> and so I just like joined, like Hutch tweeted a show link and I joined it and I was just arguing in the comments. I was like, can I join the show? And they're like, hell yeah. And I'm like, bet. Sounds great. And so I, I was like, I got to get, the, I got the bug now. So I'm going to have to join some more shows. Okay. That's really well, that's good. Well, we're going to, we're going to have a good one today. We'll start there. So David's question anyway, was um, what player available in the 15th round or later? Uh, I, he means of dynasty startups, I believe mm -hmm. uh, will be a meaningful piece for contending rosters in 2023. And for me, my first thought was like, this has to be a running back. I, I you know, you look at the, the players going that late, like the wide receivers are so gross. It's like the Devonte Parkers of the world. Yeah. Um, the quarterbacks are obviously not starters. So I'm thinking running back, somebody like Zach Evans maybe could find himself in a role just because it's a shallow depth chart in Los Angeles. You know, it's just Cam Akers in front of him, really. Maybe Kyron Williams, who knows, but he's super slow and probably not good. Um, yeah. so if I'm thinking of somebody who could like actually have an impact, it's, it's probably a running back who can benefit due to an injury, but was there somebody that stuck out to you that could maybe, you know, be a, a useful piece? Yeah, there's several running backs. We like intro way up to round 14. There's Samaje and Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, bunch of other running backs that would go down like. Deonta Foreman, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Moster. It's just a bunch of them. Um, some of them are a little more long shot than others. Ooh, Jarek McKinnon, I see. 16th round is very good. Um, but there's definitely a lot of running backs there where it's just like you're an injury away from some good volume or maybe you're an injury away from being an injury away for some of the younger guys. Um, but that's definitely one of the most valid answers. And there's a couple tight ends, so I could see like hitting your lineup more often than like a random wide receiver will hit your lineup, even though the wide receivers will have spike weeks, you're not going to start them. Right. So like some of the tight ends, like you could uh, like have a desperate play if you're punting tight ends, like uh, Tyler Higby or Mike Gesicki probably finish in like the, the 12 to 18 range at tight end, which is going to be some usable weeks. And then Jelani Woods is a breakout candidate. So it's not a guarantee. He's like, he's a lower floor than those two, but higher upside. Yeah, I actually wrote down Jelani Woods. I figured I should have a non-running back answer. I think yep. he's one of those guys who could like maybe have an Eric Ebron type of season, just like catch a bunch of touchdowns because he's huge and yep. uh and you know, at that low price, like maybe you lost, you know, maybe your starting tight end got hurt and he's the guy that fills in and just does enough, right? Or maybe someone like Gerald Everett too, going in the sixteenth round, like kind of flying under the radar, but he's back in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, like that's offense is going to throw the ball like crazy. Kellen Moore is the one who turned Dalton Schultz into something. So, you know, maybe there's more targets for Everett than we think. Um, so yeah, I definitely think tight ends more likely to make an impact than wide receiver. Honestly, by the time I get to that part of a startup, I'm really only clicking running back or tight end. Like I don't the closest really... I can get at wide receiver is Nico Collins and Justin Ross. Is Nico Collins going that late 15th round? Yeah. Is he? Oh, he's a good. Answer. I do. I don't have I enough love of Nico them, Collins. So. Yeah, I've been drafting him like crazy on uh, Underdog, but he's been going up. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, I like him. Uh, you can get out of here with Justin Ross, but Justin Ross is just an upside <laughs> thing. I don't really think it's that likely, but it's definitely yeah. more likely than like 
I don't know, man. Terrence Marshall or Xavier Hutchinson. How about some uh, some Adam Thielen? You're trying to get some Adam Hell Thielen no. in your life? <laughs> no, I'm good, bro. What All the right. Dude, it's legitimately so bad for him, bro. Oh, yeah, he's dust. I think he was like, like dead one, last in yards yard, per out run last one year. One yard per out run. A single yard per yeah. out run. It's, it's, it's bad. insane. Yeah, um, dude, but uh, Nico's like... So the easiest way to buy players is when you're drafting uh, because if you have, you're trying to trade with someone, it's always going to be someone who's a little bit higher on the player. You have to make uh, actual negotiate negotiations, and so that's tough. So I haven't done any startups, so I don't have any Nico Collins, and I haven't been actively trying to trade for him. So I guess it's something I need to get tough, on. Man, yeah, try to get him like thrown into some deals, you know, um, see if you yeah. can pick up some shares. Because I, I, I mean, I don't think he has like insane upside, but I think he could, he could jump several rounds and be a nice like value cruel get some get some hype this year um i think we answered that one pretty well yeah let's go to the second question comes from actual goose ff on twitter he asks should contenders be sending their seconds and thirds for aging vets right now or holding them to plug gaps during the season such as buying this year's version of jeff wilson slash jamal williams i'll take this one first what do you think yeah you should wait on that for sure it's something where you don't need to be rushing out right now. I know it's cheaper right now. It's cheapest back in like April, May to buy veterans. And so what you can do is you can buy veterans back then, like no matter what, for second, third round costs, even first rounders, like guys like Kelsey or Adams and stuff like yeah. that. And they'll gain a little bit of value as you go into the season. And they'll always like, especially the high value guys are always gonna be, like always going to be interesting to someone. Um, but right now it's really not the time to be doing that just because they're starting to get more and more uh, valuable as people get to start to look to the points on their roster, but you still have that injury risk. Um, you still don't know what your needs are per se. And so um, you want to be able to stay flexible with the picks. And then when the time comes, if you need to make some moves and you still have that flexibility with your seconds and thirds to make those kind of moves. And also your, your seconds and thirds will be a little bit more, valuable in two to three months time not that much they get they, they gain the most between january and may uh of a year but you'll have players who are trying to like like hit a couple row bumps early in the season and they just want to blow it up and go for a top pick and so then your picks are uh intriguing to them and their players are intriguing to you so it's a lot easier to get some deals done and plug some holes yeah i totally agree with you there i mean i think for for the most part you're going to want to hold these picks. Like if there's a very clear value win, then, then I'm for it. You know, somebody's like, Hey, yeah. I'm rebuilding right now for some like, cause teams do that. They'll just blow it up for no, like early for no reason. And they're like, yeah. Hey, can't Allen for a second. And you're like, dude, I was literally going to say that exact same thing <laughs> for a second, bro. He is the, like the contender buy. Right. Um, but yeah. otherwise, yeah, just wait. Cause like you said, you don't know what your needs are going to be. Like if you're a contender right now, like if you think you're a contender, your team's probably pretty good. It means you yeah. probably don't have some glaringly obvious holes. So you're going to want to wait till in the season, like if you have an injury, right, to go out and trade a pick. You don't need to go trade a pick right now for some backup running back who, first of all, could lose their job by the time the season starts. Or second, you might not even need them the whole year. And then they, you know, go to zero. You didn't even use them. So I definitely think guys are always going to be available during the season. Like teams shift their own needs around or teams that think they're contending become rebuilders. So there's always going to be some wide receiver running back. You can go get, you don't want to like lose that flexibility now because you like just had to go get Jacoby Myers, you know? 
yeah <laughs> it's not really an awesome lead to i agree yeah so i think that's a good answer let's move into the main portion of the show then we're talking about buys and sells uh so right off the top just give me a little bit of your process i guess you said you haven't been making a lot of trades but when you are making trades in your leagues how are you identifying players you'd want to buy and sell yeah so back in like 2021 20, 2022 when i went outside a lot less and was a little bit more <laughs> depressed i would just be scrolling like keep trade cut a bunch making random content and my content back then was just like circling guys with on with a screenshot on my iphone and saying <laughs> holy shit, bro this guy's so overpriced or this guy's so underpriced and then from there like i would go out and send some deals i'll be like i can't believe that like we'll pick some pick some example from now i can't believe that george pickens and Traylon burst are right next to each other in adp or something like that and then try to make a trade off of that or the process is um roster construction for me too is also something where i'm trying to make buys where i'm like okay i have a lot of value on this team and um like i don't have any like top quarterbacks and so i'm like okay i'll package some things to try to go get Mahomes or something like that um and so it's either it's like looking at calculators or adp and seeing which players i think are undervalued or just going after players in general who i like especially at um tight end and quarterback where there's a lot of scarcity for the good guys and a lot of uh you know there's scarcity at tight end and then the there's quite a few good qbs but they're all very expensive and so that's something where you have to make those kind of moves those are the moves like i want to be making because it's really hard to get them so i'm like aggressive yeah that all makes a lot of sense i've been talking with a couple guests like over the past few weeks about i've just been hammering like buy elite tight ends buy elite quarterbacks always a good idea to do that other positions you can kind of piece it together a lot of different ways you don't need to be too aggressive with trading for wide receivers especially um and yeah. i feel like that's a position where you don't want to be too much entrenched in your own evaluations like i need to have this wide receiver you know because it's like the scoring is so flat and like so many different outcomes can happen like you think you need to be more open to buying a lot of different wide receivers um, you know, just based on the best price you can get, if that makes yeah. sense. No, absolutely. If, if you don't have some of the elite guys, then, um, then it's really all very flat and you can find guys in rounds eight of the startup who are, if they're old, they could outscore or like score about equal to some of the guys in rounds four, like DK Metcalf versus Christian Kirk. Um, big gap in a very big gap in dynasty where one's probably worth a first maybe a first and a little bit more and then yeah. one's gonna be like a late late first maybe early second or like an early second and a late second or something like that um but they're like i definitely think dk is a better player he's a couple years younger but neither of them are super old neither of them are super young and they're probably gonna score within two points per game of each other right that's where i feel like when you're trading, you can't be like, well, I'll trade for Christian Kirk, but I won't trade for Amari Cooper, or I'm not going to trade for right. I'll Brandon Ayuk or whatever. It's like, available. just if the value's right, like you just, you, you get those wide receivers and you just, you have that flexibility with your, with your trades. Um, but I do yeah. think ADP the one exception and, to that rule is, uh, mm -hmm. Zay flowers, of course, of course, of course. Well, maybe we'll talk about Zay flowers later on. Um, cause you're kind of a, a hater but yes, yeah I, I do think that adp and like market value in general is getting sharper um the market seems to be getting sharper i mean maybe it's just the leagues i play in but i do think that we've seen 
like I don't think there's as many obvious buys and sells as there were a few years ago. Like I feel like it was a lot easier yeah. to just exploit your average league. Um, but you look at somebody like Brees Hall now, right? Who I think in the past would have been a lot more devalued. Like he tears his ACL halfway through his rookie year. You know, we don't know exactly when he's going to be fully healthy. I just feel like a few years ago, that player would not be valued in the mid second round of startups. Um, really? I think, seems- I think that's about valid. I think that's fine. Like we saw a couple of years, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. His value didn't go down at all. If it was his second, second year going into his third, Brees Hall going into his second year. I don't think that, I think a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's fair. About I mean, time. Saquon was the RB one as a rookie though, like overall. Yeah. So I feel like that's a little different, but you're, yeah. I mean, you're right. Well, what about Deshaun Watson is another example. Somebody I, who I agree, came yeah. back, he was terrible last year. I, I feel like <laughs> the so... market of old would have been a little more reactionary would have faded his ADP, but like he's, yeah. he's a first round startup pick or borderline first round startup pick. Yep. Um, so what, what I'm getting at here is I think the edge now is targeting the right types of players. Um, like, you can say a player's valued fairly, like he's in the right tier, but you're prioritizing you're so a, a different player in that range due to mm-hmm. like their range of outcomes is maybe more favorable, or maybe their the underlying metrics are better. Like that's where yeah. I feel like there's the edge is like targeting the right uh, you know players that have upside, right, more so than right. than a steady floor. Like somebody like Chris Godwin, uh, I think is fairly valued in Dynasty, but he's also not really a guy that I'm trading for in the tier that he's in because I feel like he doesn't have the combination of like upside slash value accrual potential that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? So it's like, he's not a bad value. Like, I don't think he's overpriced. I just don't think he's the type of player that I want to invest in. So that's where I'm looking when it comes to buys and sells. Um, Like what purpose does this player actually serve for my roster? Yeah. Chris Godwin's an interesting one, actually. I mean, we're not going to do, I'm not going to do a bunch of player take here, but like he's 27 and he has multiple seasons on his resume of top 12 production, but it's very inflated by the offense he was in. So I was like, yeah, I get it. He could be a wide receiver too for the rest of his career. And he's like, you're 27 and you have what three more wide receiver, two seasons. It's pretty valuable, but seventh round is not, you're not like leaping out of your chair to go buy it. Yeah, I think his ADP on underdogs like around wide receiver, like 29, 30, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, discount. yeah, for me, it's just like the 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 Baker Mayfield effect. I just think that offense is going to, I think a lot of the players in that offense are going to take a hit. Um, but yeah, yeah like, like short term, though, I think they could definitely end up with a top quarterback next year. That's true. That's it's true. Possible. Definitely, definitely that's possible. something you bank on when you buy him. Yeah, but it's definitely in his range of outcomes to have that uh, a jump and this just be a blip for him. Um, ADP is uh, is pretty good right now. Uh, I think one of the things to do is like targeting archetypes of players, like we said earlier, like elite quarterbacks, elite tight ends, rookie running backs, rookie wide receivers, mm-hmm. all all of that. Um, except Zay Flowers. Says it. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I love the rookie running backs. We can, we'll get into yeah. that for sure. Cause we so are the, talk about them. Yeah. So, so when it comes to buys and sells, the typical advice is buy low, sell high, which is obviously good advice. You know, the, the most advantageous trades you're going to make is when you buy a player at the bottom of their value and then they rise or you sell a player at the peak of their value, and then they drop. Like that's obviously a great idea, but I do think that sometimes we should be willing to 
buy players high, so to speak, or sell low, you know, pay above the market price, sell below the market price, just seeing which way the wind is blowing. And so that's what I want to talk about here, you know, highlight some guys that were willing to buy at a high price. Um, you know, guys that aren't necessarily undervalued or massively undervalued on the market, but that we're still willing to pay for and players that we're willing to sell low part with for a low price. Maybe their price was higher just a few months ago and now it's lower. It feels bad. You know, sunk cost fallacy kicks in. You want to just hold on, but there's still potential for an even further drop. Uh, so my first guy that I want to highlight here, a buy high is, is Brees Hall actually, who I just mentioned, who is going at the two Oh eight currently in startups as the RB three. And Brees Hall just had like an unbelievable rookie season that was cut short by the ACL injury, but he was first in juke rate last year, second in breakaway run rate, third in tree yards per carry. He was an excellent rusher on the ground on top of a really steady role in the passing game. He had multiple games with 10 targets. Um, he was RB seven in points per game. Actually, you know, obviously it was, a small sample. So he doesn't usually yeah. qualify for those cutoffs or whatever. He played seven games, but he was RB seven on the season of points per game. And he didn't even play 50% of the snaps for the yeah. jets. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Now they have a quarterback upgrade. Obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers is there as opposed to Zach Wilson and Mike white. There's been all kinds of positive reports about his recovery. He is on the pup currently, but everything indicates he's going to be back either by week one or very early in the season. He's, he just turned 22 two months ago. So I think this is the kind of guy that you should just be willing to pay up for. Um, there's not a lot of running backs in dynasty that are young and elite that can give you multiple top three type finishes. And I think he's one of them. So are you with me, Akash? Or are you buying in on Brees Hall? Yeah. He's another guy with like, that's the kind of archetype of player I want um, where he's uh, very proven from college into the NFL um, until his ACL tear and his recovery is going well. So that's not a big concern. There's a little bit of like, there is obviously not perfect, but is going to be a guy that um, will come back and produce this year and then into the future. And just because he is a really young running back, who's a good player, his value is just going to be really stable for the next three, four years. And so he's a guy where you really can't go wrong. Like you're basically I must like say this later too for a couple other guys. You're just getting like free production basically, um, because the value is gonna stay around the same. And so that's the kind of guy that you want to buy high, like by any price. Yeah, that's a good point. You're kind of renting the points, uh, as yeah. it were, for at least the next year or two before any of that age concern kind of kicks in. Uh, yeah. Do you, you have a player worth buying high? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had mine before as uh jameer gibbs but it's the same take as Brees hall where he's just a young running back who you're renting the points and the value for gibbs i think it's going to go up um from the third round into the second or like early second absolutely love gibbs he's my um, most rostered running back in dynasty i i think yeah. i think either hit i think he has a very good chance to be the the dynasty rb2 this time next year i agree he's tied with a train for my most rostered but i, I actually changed my answer to chris olave uh, it's a similar similar point where he's a young guy with who had a tremendous rookie season. Um, as far as rookie seasons go, obviously, there's not a lot of guys. Only four players this millennial has ever finished as a wide receiver one in their rookie season, but it's uh, a lot of it was not one of them. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't know that, if you're just like a casual fantasy player and then you thought I was building up to that, I wasn't. But 
Uh, he finished, I believe, as a low wide receiver two, high wide receiver three. And then uh, on a per route basis, he was phenomenal at earning targets as well as producing on them. Um, and that's with a really deep down the field role where he's not just getting dump offs every other play. And so it's like to earn targets further down the field is really impressive. And it also helps that those targets um, typically generate explosive plays and they're worth a yep. little bit more when you can convert them. And so um, for him, uh, Derek Hart, I don't know about a QB. I guess he's like a little bit of a QB upgrade. It doesn't really matter. He's a guy who's um, going to be entering his second season. And so when a guy is like 21 to 25 years old and they're a good player, like they'll give you free points. They can produce like wide receiver two to three numbers and still be valued in the top 12 of dynasty wide receivers that's called the uh, dj Moore effect <laughs> yeah absolutely that is the dj yeah for sure and i think he's Dude. already had a better season honestly than like any of dj Moore's seasons yeah. like he's or like he's, at least on par really like, good and if you yeah. adjust it to the fact that he was a rookie like absolutely right. that's very very impressive like for him to have 2.4 yards per hour run as a rookie is very impressive it's like on par with uh, Justin Jefferson's rookie season on a per route basis. And so he's definitely a guy who has yeah. a wide receiver one ceiling. And so you have that potential for difference making production, which also a really safe floor of his value is just going to stay around the same. Um, and if he, even if he's a wide receiver two, that's just free wide receiver two production. Yeah, for sure. And, and he is a buy high, like he's going, he is going very yeah. high, but also you look at Garrett Wilson, like he's going more than half a round behind Garrett Wilson and they, had pretty interchangeable rookie years. If you look at a lot yeah. of the uh, advanced metrics, Alave was actually better. Uh, Wilson obviously is the the like the big play guy. He's the yards after catch guy. I think there's a little bit of vividness bias there, paired with the the, the quarterback upgrade. That I think has yeah. people really you know making eyes at Garrett Wilson. But you could easily see Alave have the better year of the two. Like yeah. it really wouldn't surprise me. I think it's a coin flip, and like you say, half yeah. a round. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when Wilson's going in the top half of the second versus Olave at the back half of the second, it makes a big difference. I think yeah. um, I, I think there's some guys out there who like you would need to add like a second round or even like an early second rounder on top. If like you really like Wilson, like pe mm -hmm. people would like try to like people would add on that much to Olave to get Wilson, and so yeah, like if you're if, like I think like by high. What you said was like you guys you would overpay for based on the market. I wouldn't overpay based on the market. There's only a couple of guys who I would do that. And like that's like Mahomes and Allen and Hertz. And that's a guy like you'll overpay by like half a first or maybe even a first rounder um, just because they are worth it. Uh, like and you, you need to move mountains to get them. Olave, like he's a buy high in terms of like he's he used to be like a sixth, seventh round startup pick before his rookie season. Now yeah. he's a second. That's buying high to me where it's like, I don't care that the price has gone up. I, I'm getting on, I didn't get on the elevator last year, but I'll get on, on the sixth floor instead of the ground floor. If it means I can go up to the 10th floor. Right. And you're not just going to say, well, you know, I missed the boat on Alave. I'm not going to buy him because he's too expensive now. Like, right. You can see where this is going and, and you think he's worth getting in on. I actually traded, um, T Higgins straight up for Chris Alave in like week 13 last year. And like, I got roasted in my league chat and now he's going like a full round ahead of Higgins. It's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I traded dude, like week six or seven, I traded Saquon for Olave in a first, or maybe it was Saquon oh a second gosh, for Olave in a first. Oh my gosh. You really killed me, man. 
yeah call, it, nice. call it ambulance but not for me oh wow. man that's brutal that's, that's great, dude. yeah those, those points in season are are worth a lot you know yeah um, for sure. take notes everybody uh okay those are both guys i love guys that you can definitely pay out for and make a good case let's talk about the other side of the coin then selling low selling a player below market now as a general rule i wouldn't recommend selling players way below market value just because it's usually not necessary like players especially right now like nothing's happening in the summer so if yeah. a player you think is still like if you think there's a player that's low in value they've lost value but they're still overpriced you don't have to be insanely uh overbearing and trying to get rid of them like i've already talked about deandre swift enough on this show and how i think he's overpriced and you should sell him so i didn't pick him for this segment but he's a guy where like i have a couple shares and i'm not really sweating it like nothing's really gonna happen between now and the season and like yeah i could trade him away for a second but i can probably do that in week seven too so i, I like i'll just wait um yeah i'll yeah. uh might leave the show because you said that but uh the principle i do agree with oh can we do can we talk about swift for a second you you don't agree with that yeah we we can yeah that's that's valid i mean i i'm curious just because he's so right now sorry i didn't i obviously did not prep for a he's a seventh rounder yeah see that's that's too much for me like i i i cannot get on board with that price so why don't can you talk me into it yeah if he was still going like round four or five then i'd agree but at this point he's still a guy with a really good receiving profile and uh, like even if he's in a, a committee rushing that's going to be enough to give you some solid production like running back to production with a, an injury at a penny like he'll take on more um they have a good scheme in philadelphia so it's definitely something where um if he can take on more of a role he still has top 12 upside in my opinion or like top five and like the very narrow band of his like the very narrow tail of his range of outcomes and so he's definitely a guy that i still want to be holding i don't think that um there's definitely a like a lower floor but i don't think it's worth giving up on his ceiling for that i guess i just don't see where the like i know he has a good receiving profile but i just don't see where the targets are going to come from like I, I understand he's a better receiving back than Sanders and Gainwell, but like not even close. Like it's yeah, different. Sanders is one of the worst receivers. Well, backs Sanders sucks for sure, but yeah. I, I just don't think it's gonna. I think there will be more running back targets this year than there were last year, but I yeah, still think they're gonna be near the bottom of the league. And they have like, a better receiving running back, and so. Yeah, I mean there will be more, but they like he's better than the running backs, but he's not better than. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Like, I just feel yeah, like the never. way the offense is designed, it's a lot of read option. Like, it's a fake, fake a handoff, throw to one of those three guys, and they're always open. Yeah. And then when it's like a play that's broken, Hertz isn't really looking for the running back in the outlet. Like, he's going to scramble for a first down. I just don't think that there's any outs for Swift to have like 90 targets. Like, I don't think that's possible. Well, I mean, the version quarterbacks don't really affect the, um, the receiving back volume that much I, I, i've heard that narrative before but um by and large when you introduce when you have a rushing quarterback with a, a good receiving back they're still gonna get theirs mm -hmm. um but there are a lot of cases where they'll be running like rushing quarterbacks and then like their running backs don't get a lot of targets but mostly because of the role that the teams envision for that player like if you have um 
like if you if you have like a J.K. Dobbins who was like a decent like he's an okay pass catcher in college but nothing special. You come to the NFL yeah. like they drafted him because he's an explosive rusher, not for his receiving chops, and like that's what they're gonna look for. So that's why they drafted him. So that's the role they keep him in. Versus mm-hmm. like like the player like when Philadelphia traded for Swift, they obviously they saw his role in Detroit and they saw his receiving ability, and so they're gonna see that and they're gonna try to work that into the game they're not just trading for him because of his rushing ability i guarantee that because he's not a very good rusher he's decent at best and so like if when you have a guy like james connor um with kyler murray kyler is a good rushing quarterback um and connor's a solid like he's a he's a competent plotter like he's a good run he's like a solid running back who gets what's blocked and he's a good receiving back so he can play a three-down role and you see him get good receiving volume every time that Chase Edmonds is playing with him when he's playing with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. I I guess I just don't have as much confidence in him as a good player. Like, I think he's a decent receiving back. He's he's never been particularly efficient, but he has earned a lot of targets. Yeah, um, the targets. Is a, targets yeah, and, that, are, and that's big. Those. Yeah, I mean, the targets are big for sure. Um, I guess I just don't see how – I don't see why he's a significantly different bet than, like, Rashad White at this point. Like he's been mm. traded for a day three pick. He's clearly has deficiencies as a rusher. He's in a better offense, but he's also in an offense that will probably throw fewer passes and have a lower target share to running backs overall. That's an interesting um, take. And Rashad White's like in his second season. Like I think he has more potential to, I don't know, gain value. Yeah, uh, dude, I was so big on Rashad White last year and then he wasn't that good but i still have so much of him like i just haven't been trading him so i'm like okay eighth round startup i don't give a fuck i'm just gonna hold on to him <laughs> he still has a really good ceiling he's probably he's not a good rusher we saw that last year no he's, he's not a good rusher. bad so it's like he's probably really bad as a rusher and so it's like you probably yeah. could start to like sell him but i honestly don't have that like strong of a conviction yeah. on um like in a, at an eighth round price i'm not rushing to get out of him so okay who yeah. am I going to trade him for, man? Cam Akers, Amari Cooper. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I, I get you here. I get you there. I, you could trade him for Trey Lance. He's going like right next to him. <laughs> He's like a round behind on mine. Is mine not? Mine, my timeline's different, I guess. I yeah. have it set to, uh, yeah, last month. For the last month on Bulletproof, it looks like um, oh, yeah. Lance 807, Rashad White 806. Uh, so you can make that trade. I mean, if you hate yourself keep buying some keep buying trey lance shares um yeah if you want to find out if you if you like a person just ask them who they want in dynasty between trey lance and brock purdy <laughs> is it i am getting dangerously close to saying brock purdy to be honest with you but it's it's tough out there man it's it's tough for for the trey lance hive and i yeah. was a part of it and I, I was a part of it too yeah but, it's um, it's rough we're gonna persevere we're, we're gonna make it is through. he is he a sell low probably not He's just a guy we should Lance. Lance is a hold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just feels. He'll start in his At the price that he's at, it's like what there's just not enough upside in what you can get for him. I feel like to pass up on what he could potentially be, even if the percent chance of that happening is starting to dwindle a little bit. This is really the worst possible outcome for him. There's really no worse outcome than this. Um, oh yeah Trey Lance's entire career and so I I have faith he'll start so, somewhere in his career yeah literally like first percentile outcome for Trey Lance like yeah. if you if they put a parlay together for this sequence of events that he has undergone it would be like plus 53,000 odds that this would happen like it's, yeah. it's uh, 
it's impossible. Um, for him right. to not start all his rookie year, like <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty likely, you know, the Garoppolo and they're winning, but then for him to get hurt, and then for Purdy, a seventh rounder to play as well as he did, like that's all very, very, yeah. very unlucky. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, but but yeah, Mike Evans is a guy just to get mm-hmm. back on track that I am willing to sell low. Um, he's currently the 1007 wide receiver 44 off the board, which definitely seems late. And it's like, why at that point, why even trade Mike Evans? Well, I do think there's some guys going in that range that I would definitely prefer, which is really the crux of the argument, but just which to touch Mike on do you prefer, which Mike, I prefer Mike Williams Let's personally. Go. Yeah. Yes, so sir. I'll, uh, he's on my list, but the reason I'm, I'm out on Mike Evans really is he's been propped up by the passing volume in Tampa Bay. Um, like weekend at Bernie's style. Like he's just like, a, like a dead body and they put the sunglasses and like the, the Buccaneers have been top two in past attempts per game for the past three seasons. And that can mask a lot of target earning deficiency. Uh, Mike Evans has been under a 20% target share. All three of those seasons last year, his yards per out run dipped under two. Like he's just not a top end wide receiver anymore. He had, a, he's had an incredible career of course, but he's not a top end wide receiver anymore. He's not earning elite volume. He's not in the Deandre Hopkins, Keenan Allen zone of wide receivers. Like those guys are still earning legit target shares. Yeah. Evans is not that offense could totally crumble under Baker Mayfield. Like it could be an absolute nightmare. Kyle Trask could be starting by week five. We have no idea. And honestly, like if Baker's starting, I think Chris Godwin's a better fit for that skill set. Anyway, you look at the way Baker targeted Odell Beckham, which is to say that he didn't, um, I don't think that it's a good fit for my, what Mike Evans even does well at this point. He turns 30 next month, which is a kind of a death knell for wide receiver dynasty value. So yeah, yeah. I mean, for all those reasons, it's just like not a guy I want to roster under any circumstances. Yeah. He was barely clinging on to top 12, top 15 production with Brady and that offense. And so now you have him going underdog at what wide receiver 31, 35 ish. Yeah. I imagine. Um, and he's 30 years old. Like it, he's old and he's not going to be providing any, he's not going to be giving you any meaningful production. So it's like, well, I don't want to hold that. There's, you can take some upside because wide receiver threes are so replaceable. Then it's like, okay, you can trade him for like Mike Williams is a, a year younger and he'll have, he'll have, have like one more point per game. But then even then, it's like, yeah. okay. I'd, I'd rather trade him for like a Bateman or like Elijah Moore, something like that. <laughs> First three names on my list uh, for who I would rather have Elijah Moore, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman. So yeah, we're on the same page here. Like if you want points this year, like Mike, yes, Mike Williams is going two rounds earlier on underdog. He's a year younger and he's in an offense with Justin Herbert. Like yeah. why wouldn't we just take that guy? If you he's want points, rough. If you want somebody that's going to potentially have upside, gain some value, like that's Elijah Moore, that's Rashad Bateman. I just don't see a use case for a 30 year old wide receiver three when those are the alternatives. You know, I like I could be talked into trading him for Desmond Ritter, like, or you could just, or you could just trade Tyler Lockett is going around later, even though he's been better, like way better. He will continue to be better here. And he'll be a year older. so it's, yeah, well, it's, I mean, all, it's all the same thing he was better 30, last 31. year oh, yeah he was better last year at the age that evans is now his reception perception chart was just like pure green um he's yep. great so i would rather have him too so it's just like i'm out totally out and i'm willing to sell him you know even at this low price because there are still plenty of alternative options even people going you know 
another round later that that I would rather have. Um, what about you? Somebody that you are looking to get out of? Mm-hmm. I put um, Will Levis, and his like he's like a sell low in that his value fell a lot because of the NFL draft, but people are still buying him at like early second, late first round value. Um, and I do think that he will start in his NFL career. This isn't going to be like a Matt Corral thing, um, but I don't think he's going to be very good when he does start. Like I, I was already talking about him, like when he was projected to go like second overall with like for a day or like even like a top five pick for pretty much all the off season, I was still talking about like this guy is not, had not had a very good passing career um, in college. Like there's some rushing there, but really not nothing good passing. Yeah. And so I was already very out on him. And then like the only bull, the only uh, bull case was the entire NFL like appearing. Like the, the NFL was saying like, okay, this guy's like top five pick. Like the, that's what all the mocks had. And so I was like, okay, I guess there could be something, even if you don't like the prospect, he's still going to be a top pick and start a lot and have value insulation. And right. so there's a chance I could be wrong. Like, like people were wrong on Justin Herbert when he was a top six pick. But then the entire NFL agrees um, with me that he's not a first-round quarterback. And so you fall, have him fall to the second round, and there's still upside there. Like a lot of guys in the second round, like Andy Dalton and Derek Carr, start for years. But, um, but like by and large, like Levis yeah. just does not have a very good passing profile. And so – He gives me I, Drew Locke vibes. I agree. I was about to say that. Uh, where he will start his career, but I, I really don't think it's going to – be, be anything good when he does start and then he's just probably not gonna start for very long maybe a, a, a year like end of this year and some of next year maybe if he plays decently at the end of this year but even then not something that i'm looking to hold on to and find out yeah i mean he's valued adjacent to matthew stafford i feel like just do that like <laughs> just buy him i don't know why, why do you need like the odds that levis is going to turn into some multi-year difference making quarterback are just vanishingly low like i just i have no interest um so i'm with you there i don't have a lot to add to it he wasn't a good prospect the nfl draft pedigree was like the only thing that could have redeemed him um and he didn't get it so second round quarterbacks are disposable like they are not guaranteed anything like he he, like you said he probably will start but now that the titans signed DeAndre hopkins it's probably not going to be until they're totally out of playoff contention like he mm-hmm. might start like week 16, 17, 18 or something like that. And then if he's terrible, we're going to have to wonder all off season, if they're going to like try to trade for another quarterback, maybe they'll sign Kirk cousins or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't think he's going to gain value. So he's just kind of a dead piece that you're holding on your roster. Yeah. Plus the, uh, a little bit of blind optimism, but like the Hopkins signing definitely could help Tannehill's efficiency to the point where he holds off Levis and Tannehill has been a good quarterback in Tennessee like even last year where his numbers fell and that's when everyone started to sour on him he still was a good quarterback it's not like he turned into one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL uh it was just no weapons uh, not a very good scheme after Arthur Smith left and uh, no volume and so his numbers didn't look that good no I'm with you I think Tannehill's definitely decent serviceable quarterback I think he's he's underrated Harder in so. this league yes sir yeah he I mean, he's one of my more rostered quarterbacks, honestly, because he was just so cheap. Uh, dude, dude, I sent a third and Alec yeah. Pierce for him, bro. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to get him. He's going two rounds after Levis, so it's like 
ridiculous. Too he starts easy. more games the rest of their NFL careers. Levis and he's, Tannehill. And he's a great QB three because you can buy him dirt cheap and he can like he can spot start through all your bye weeks. And then if he gets benched in week That's fifteen or sixteen, like who cares? You should have two other quarterbacks ahead of him anyway for the playoffs. So That's what I've been yeah. doing. Yes, sir. It's an easy, easy piece there. So those are our buy high sell lows. And then we're going to jump over here into some rookies too. Just rookie buys. It doesn't have to be high or low or whatever. Just rookie buys, rookie sells. You already dipped your toe into the uh the rookie pool there with Levis. Uh, but I'm gonna call out Devon A chain here as a as a rookie buy. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know you're a fan. I know you you did the little the the A chain laser eyes meme dude uh, the photoshop of a train <laughs> with a train from the boys because dude it's such a perfect name because a train from the boys is a super speedster, speed. right yeah. if you haven't watched the show it's a good show he's basically like the flash um and so i photoshopped uh i didn't photoshop i had one of my friends do it and it's like he is a train basically you and don't do your own photoshops no i don't unless it's a later wow. bro. i can't this is a scandal anything. I have photoshopped. I photoshopped very basic stuff. I photoshopped <laughs> a um, a fish onto Adam Troutman a couple years ago, and it was a good Photoshop. <laughs> but it, he was a, he was a trout man, but he was also a fish pick in ADP. Okay, please send me that. I'll put that as the thumbnail for this video. And, no one's uh, gonna get this. Shit, <laughs> deep cuts here, Adam deep Troutman. Deep um, all right. So anyway, Devon Achan is really good. Uh, he has a great college profile if you yes, erased the the weight next to his name and you just said he's 215 pounds and then you looked at his production profile it would be like oh man this is like the next superstar like this guy is freaking jonathan yeah. taylor yeah he's uh Brees hall but unfortunately that's not the case he weighed in at like 188 pounds and now it's like oh i don't know he went in the third round he's really good uh he's putting on weight he actually said that he had to play at that weight due to track yeah, he ran he ran yeah. track and that like checks out to me like i know the weight is the weight he's always going to fall into that bucket when you look at players um but that makes sense to me like these other light weight backs most of them did not have that excuse and he did they say he's already over one like 195 something like that um when you look at the production like he is different from those other small backs that we've seen he handled a huge workload at texas a&m last year and Ooh, was really He's a good receiving back to um, like everything's there. Yeah. And he was dropped into the perfect situation as well in Miami. And like, maybe they'll sign Dalvin cook. Maybe not right now. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are there. They're both pretty washed. Uh, he could easily be the leading rusher there. He's obviously going to have some big plays this year that are going to, you know, hit the highlight reels. They're going to hit NFL red zone. People are going to get excited. I just think he's a guy that's going to accrue value. Um, and I think he's a good football player. So in the ninth round, like early second round rookie pick prices, I, I think that's a good price point to buy in on. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's not even close. Dude, dude, dude. A-Train had more touches in his senior year than James Cook had in his first three years of college. That's a great stat because they're going right next to each other in startups. Yeah. And right like, now. it's <laughs> like everyone gets like people like would like compare the two because they're both um, like James Cook late second and then A Tran was early mid third. They were smaller, they're receiving backs, but like the, James Cook has never been the level of workhorse that A Tran was at it, um, Texas AM. And that was with playing with like a fourth round Isaiah Spiller and like a train yeah. took Spiller's work after Spiller was going to be like right next to Brees Hall. 
and a train take took his work and like was better on his volume and that kind of like what like had everyone like lower on spiller and then he fell to the fourth round and so like a train kind of took his lunch if we're being real yeah no he's legit for sure um still kind of lamenting some of my isaiah spiller bags but uh you know it's it is what it is maybe he's the rb2 in uh in in los angeles this year we'll see maybe but yeah i mean he's a good player and it's it is important what you said like the way coaches use these players in college does matter you know we should we should factor in you know james cook never got that kind of workload we shouldn't have expected him to get it i still don't expect him to get it i he's a guy i could have put as a sell i don't know if he's low or not but he's a sell for sure high I've uh, seen people talk about him having like top fifteen potential. And, yeah, he it, he does be it. real. Let's be for real, Betsy. <laughs> like, it, it, really, the only way is like like str- like a lot of touchdown luck and a lot of receptions. It's like, can he be yeah. G, like I don't know, Danny Woodhead, JD McKissick? <laughs> Maybe I don't give a fuck. It's not yeah, going to be a workhorse. Not going to probably a lot of probably not probably not. But a chain could be potentially. Uh, it's certainly not a guarantee. It might not even be the most likely outcome, but as a late ninth round pick, he doesn't need to be a guarantee. Like just the possibility of that. Yeah. He has a wide range of outcomes. I I can see him having three to four points per game and being a backup all year and not being very good. And I can see him having 11 to 12 points per game with like taking on more work down the stretch and being like an RB two. And so it's like, okay, Alex, I'll embrace that. I have so much in best ball, man. I really, <laughs> I think he's a great best ball pick though. Cause like he could have eight touches a game and have games where he scores like two 40 yard touchdowns. Like I, I think in managed, yeah, it can be more be so, frustrating if he has a smaller so role. Fun, man. Yeah. I'm excited. I think he could even have a bigger buy window if Dalvin cook signs there. Cause like, I don't think Dalvin is very good anymore and yeah. it might, it might limit a chains opportunities for like the first half of the season, but it's not going to make him a worse player. Uh, and it's not going to hold him back from contributing down the road. So if if Dalvin signs there, we could see like a one or two round drop, and then I'd yeah. be even more bullish on him. Yeah, unless uh, yeah, unless be real, like like that Dalvin. Now the Dalvin's a, a tough one because like um, his efficiency dropped a lot, and so the Vikings moved on from him, and he hasn't signed anywhere presumably because um, he's like not getting it like ensured a big role and he's been getting workhorse touches for years and years. Like I feel like he's going to be like waiting for someone to get hurt to sign or like if Miami is going to talk to him and be like, yeah, we're going to have you in this committee. He's not going to sign there. And so now he definitely could, but it's, it seems like they didn't offer him as much money as he wanted. So yeah. And and even then, like if a train, like I'm like, I have a chain on so many teams and like you've spent like a late first or early second on him, but like none of the teams I'm depending on him for production. Maybe there's a couple where it's like zero RB teams. Like he might hit my lineup. Like I'm like counting on like several different guys to maybe hit. But yeah. if like he does, if, if Dalvin Cook does sign and A Chain's volume takes a hit, he can still show his ability on the touches that he does get and his value can still go up if he's really efficient and then Dalvin Cook moves on after a year. That's a great point. I totally agree. Uh, give me another rookie buy. I have um, Quentin Johnston. I have he's my most rostered rookie right now. Um, like the one hundred seven, one hundred eight range. I was just hammering him. I had a lot of those picks, and so Johnston's like profile in college was very good. He was um, 
he, he dominated a lot of volume for TCU. And then he had a high A dot, like average of the target, but he was also really good at breaking tackles. So he's like kind of a freak. I saw that, that chart, dude. That chart was so he's busted. Like, he's like he one that low chart. dot off in the corner. Like he's yeah. Yeah. they're 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 inversely correlated. Uh, like basically, um it makes sense in my head, but like I talk to people and they're like, I guess that makes sense. Where it's like it does it's not very intuitive, but like if you have a lot of deeper targets, you're not getting as much chance to get yards after the catch. And so you're not gonna have as many broken tackles. So for him to have a high average of the target, but then also have a lot of broken tackles just shows like he's a very versatile player who can really do it all. And yeah, that so, makes perfect sense. How is yeah. that how does that not make sense? Like you catch a if ball you, well, 30 yards yeah. down the field, there's no defenders back there. It's like one guy like if you catch a ball yeah. on a screen pass, you have to break like four tackles if you're going to get to the end zone. Like when you catch right. the ball down the field, first of all, it's usually like a contested catch and you just fall down like the Mike yep. Williams special. Uh, so to like be open in a place where you can jump, like get up there and get the ball and then make a move and get to the end. Like that is a special skill for sure. And it's hard to do. Um, yeah. So it, like, it's super dude. intriguing and you drop him into a Justin Herbert offense. Like I get how that's appealing. Yeah, but like if you say like if you walk up to someone and like or you're talking about football, but you just say like they're talking about Johnson, and I just say like, dude, his missed tackles force per attempt was so good, like despite his <laughs> high ADA. Like people are looking like well, I don't know what the fuck those words mean, bro. Like you're just gonna be standing there talking, you'd be like that guy whispering in the girl's ear in the club where she doesn't know what's happening <laughs> and she doesn't care. Like you're uh, like the guy at the party standing against the court, like they don't know that Quentin Johnston's broken tackles force per attempt is right, really exactly. impressive. Exactly, yeah. bro. It's like, okay, I'm gonna be a fucking I have my nerd words, but like to yeah. put it simply, he's a freak. That's all I can say. I just don't talk to those people. That's the thing. Like I just I they don't, don't talk to me. Is the don't. Thing. Yeah. I mean that's that's fair. I'll I'll say stuff like that to my wife though, and she'll be like, That's awesome. And she like doesn't know um what that means. I'll ask her like who I should draft to, and she'll give me advice based on like the player's name and whether it's cool or not. Um she'd probably like I, I Quentin Johnson's a cool name, I think. It's a good one dude yes i was started to i was like i've been talking to this girl for like a month now and i asked her like what my biggest beige flag was and she's like fantasy football and i'm like yeah that checks out and then last night <laughs> i was driving home um uh, i like dropped her off at her house and i was driving home for like 30 minutes and it was like 1 a.m so my eyes are so dry and i was like i was like i gotta talk about something i'm just gonna like mansplain fantasy football so i don't like <laughs> fall asleep on the drive and no, she was like she was like, yeah, no, that makes total sense. And she didn't get it at all. And then she fell asleep. <laughs> so obviously it's going very well for that. It's okay. Like, yeah. right. It's not a it's not a deal breaker. As long as she allows you to say the phrase miss tackles forced per reception and doesn't like leave the room, mm -hmm. you're you're good. Like that's I'll let her know really right after this. I'll text her for sure. Yeah, definitely get on that. Um so yeah, Quentin Johnson. I didn't get a lot of him, unfortunately, didn't have those picks. Um, I guess all my teams made it too far in the playoffs or whatever. Um, uh, so I couldn't get a lot of Quentin Johnson, but oh yeah, I didn't have uh, <laughs> like first round exits that put you right in the Quentin Johnson range. Yeah, you, you were like actively tanking, you were like benching your players in the playoffs to make sure that you were in the Quentin Johnson range of the draft. I mean, that's 40 oh, he's chest. That right good. There. He's that good, yeah. Man. Dude, I'm a little I'm like, more of a Jordan Addison guy. To be what honest. other what other first round, uh, like what other like highly drafted wide receiver is playing with like such a good young quarterback besides Jamar Chase? Like there really is none. In in recent memory, so uh, last year all the situations sucked. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, they kind of all are like they're all the situations right now are kind of mediocre. 
like um, AJ Brown's AJ Brown's there, but like the offense is pretty low volume. If you yeah. put AJ Brown in Mahomes' offense, he's gonna have twenty five points per game. Oh my gosh, dude! Um, but like, dude, like Herbert offenses are gonna be throwing five thousand yards like almost every single year for the next five years. He just signed that extension, and so I was like super excited for Johnston's upside. And obviously, I'm not just drafting him because of his offense, like. You have to be a good player too, and like based on his yeah. college profile, I think he's going to be a good player. But that like offense definitely yeah. does not hurt. He also made like a cool one-handed catch uh, in training camp, so that helps. Everything as helps. Well. Uh, yeah. When when you have uh, over fifty percent of a player, you take all the propaganda you can get. <laughs> that is a good note for sure. Fifty um, percent, yeah. That that is a that's some heavy exposure right there. It is. Uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Hope it hope it works out for you. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, do, I uh, see the appeal. Yeah, I have one. I I said this earlier, but I have like uh, in I'm in 16 dynasty leagues. I think I only clicked 13 of them for this. Like the 13 that are super flex, um, 12 team PPR, and I have like one Jordan Addison and seven, um, Quentin Johnson. It should probably be like five to three. But I don't care enough to do it. And so I'll just like totally not diversify at all and put all my eggs into one basket because I'm just doing it for fun. I could lose every single league um, this year and I'll only lose a couple hundred bucks. So I don't really, I'm not like going to diversify or like take it all too serious or anything like that. It's really just for fun. And I make memes on the side. I don't even make content anymore, man. (laughs) That's the spirit. We brought Akash on here so he could. explain his existential opinions about fantasy football yeah um, i'm a fraud like I, i'm in this industry man and i have thirteen thousand followers for no reason like i'm not an expert and i just do this shit for fun to make memes uh, you just have to be funny that's all you need well you are pretty funny i think it's funny that you are going to go down with the quentin johnson ship uh, no i think he could be good i think he could be good i don't know i don't know what his role is going to look like this year it's gonna be interesting with Keenan and Williams they'll probably run a ton of 11 personnel I imagine but I don't know where I guess they put Keenan mostly in the slot and yes. uh let Quentin play like Z um, yeah I think it's yeah. gonna be looking like um for Keenan you're probably gonna look like a 25 percent target share and then maybe 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 20 24 25 and then Mike Williams pencil him in for like 19 20 and then Johnston yeah Johnson's wide range of outcomes for sure. He he could have like five to ten if he's bad. Um, but like he'll probably I think he'll probably be like 13 to 17 ish. And so there'll be some spike weeks for sure. It's really just like obviously this year I'm only expecting like nine to eleven points per game. But the value, value I know you're uh, I know you're a big Josh Palmer fan though. So like how do you how do you fit him into this offense? Oh man, what can I <laughs> what can I say? You know. Dude, I got owned last year on Josh Palmer. Like, he is so bad in his rookie season. And then I was like, I don't give a fuck about him. And Jacob just <laughs> keeps hammering. Like, dude, he's going to be a wide receiver three every time, anytime Mike Williams and Keenan Allen miss time. I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. And I think in the, in Dynasty, I won. Yeah. In best ball, I lost because he did produce that. But now no one cares about him. So, well, like, I mean, it happened to all be I play that, dynasty, like, so I guess I win. Keenan missed like the first half of the season, exactly. and then Mike Williams missed like the second half. Like it was the perfect storm for your Josh Palmer L. Uh, but yeah, I don't think yeah. he really lost out Some on anything. Out. 
Like you can never, I, I can never lose that. Like I, I don't know. We can call it a draw, Jacob. Like, <laughs> Jacob, if you're listening, the Josh Palmer war rages on. Uh, did he even have like 15 points in a game last year? I, oh I, yeah, I he had multiple spike weeks. Like, oh, he did was, he? He yeah. was like that. Well, I, what can I say? Like I'll take that. Like if you drafted him in like, like 16th round of a best ball draft, and it was like, you can take that. Like. Like sure, like that's that's some spike weeks that could help your team for sure. But how about a dynasty best ball league? That would be a that would be a decent format to have him. Yeah, not maybe, anymore. Maybe he's less not. exciting now. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess because he's probably going to end up starting in their sets at some point in the next years. Like all, all any three of the boys miss time. Like Josh Palmer yeah. can just slot in somewhere and be okay at it. Yeah. That's probably enough Josh Palmer I talk. I was about to say the exact same thing. We don't need to talk about Josh. <laughs> How about well, some rookie cells? Uh, you want to go first, rookie cell? I do. I, I I put Dalton Kincaid, but I could also put Zay Flowers. Um, you can pick but, anybody you want, man. Yeah, I, I put Kincaid right now. Dude, right now Kincaid's tight end seven, which is kind of crazy to me. I mean, yeah, but I don't you know he's the Bills but... starting slot, slot receiver? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the landscape sucks right now. And so it's like, Okay, him versus like Pat Fryermuth or him versus like uh, I won't say Mayor because Mayor's another rookie and I think Mayor's a better prospect. But like I guess he could be seventh, he could be eighth, maybe. Dude, give me Pat Fryermuth by a mile. I don't understand. Yeah. Like the hype on the, are they like the, the Josh same Allen age? connection is too much for me. Yeah, they pretty much are. Uh, Fryermuth is it was pretty young when he came into the league. Uh, he was a little old. He's 25 now. Oh, is he? Okay, Kincaid's, I was wrong. 20, Kincaid's old. He's 23. Uh, I think Kincaid, I, I think uh, Dynasty IM Ian tweeted something where he was like the same recruiting class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. <laughs> I mean, he's older than or, Kyle, and Kyle Pitts, Pitts for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like imagine what Kyle Pitts would be doing in college football last year. Like, and that's like okay, Dalton Kincaid is 23 years old 22 last year dominating college football it's like okay man like like you put kyle pitts last year kyle pitts and rookie year kyle pitts on a college football offense bro he's going absolutely insane game he's, over he's winning the Blitnikov as a tight end what can i say yeah yeah uh, i mean that's 100 percent true i i think that's why i, like, I don't i don't even dislike kincaid as a prospect like i think he's a fine receiving prospect and he landed a good spot but yeah. this is just like unjustified Height like Dawson Knox is still there. The idea that he's going to come in week one and just be the slot receiver is kind of nuts. Like, you know, who's good at playing slot receiver? Uh, slot receivers. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, like, it's not, they're like, oh, it's a mismatch, sure. But like, I guarantee you, Khalil Shakir is a better route runner and would earn more targets if you put him in the slot versus Kincaid. Like, Kincaid's still a tight end and he's a rookie tight end. Yeah. Um, it might be easier for him to play that spot than to play like in line as a rookie, but it's still not going to be super productive for him. Um, So I don't know. Pat Fryermuth has had like pretty good targets per outrun, uh, pretty good efficiency so far. He's actually going to be useful this year. Uh, I think he's, I think Pat Fryermuth is like a lot closer to Dallas Goddard than he is to Dalton Kincaid. So I was I think just that- about to say, like, he's a round away from Dallas Goddard. But then I clicked on Goddard. Dude, guess Goddard's age. Don't click on anyth- anything. Guess well, I'm Dallas an Eagles Goddard. fan. I'm pretty sure he's, like, uh, 28 and a half. He, 
he's exactly 28 and a half. Yeah, damn cheater. Well, like, dude, <laughs> I thought he'd cheater. be like 20. I thought he'd be like 26, man. What the hell is this? I'm not a cheater. I That's just know. Like we drafted him the year after we won the Super Bowl, and he's just been on the team like forever. And he was an old. He was a, he was an old prospect too. Yeah. But he's really good. But yeah, I mean, I he think he's good, dude. Kittle's thirty. That's fucked up. Him and Fryermuth should be kind of interchangeable, and then I think Kincaid should lag behind. I don't think he deserves like multiple rounds on Laporta and Mayer. That's that's too much for me. <laughs> All these tight ends are so old as prospects. Like Mark <laughs> Andrews was drafted in 2019, uh, 2019, 2018. He was drafted in twenty eighteen, and he's twenty seven now. I guess yeah, that tight means ends he are 20, old. He was twenty two as a rookie, so I guess that's fine. But then, dude, and then Kyle Pitts is like, yeah, Kyle Pitts couldn't even legally drink. Until um that's until why he was Kyle Pitts is year. such a good such a massive dude, smash the, of a buy. Dude, Kyle Pitts's first football game where he was allowed to legally drink was when he went to London in his rookie season. <laughs> Which is ironic because he he didn't have to be 21 to drink in London. Exactly. But... That's the that's the entire point. He was 20 when he went to London. Yeah. I, I think he was maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and I made that up. Maybe he turned 21 right before that. But the point stands, he turned 21 in his rookie season uh, yeah. i don't know how he got on kyle pitts talk but you should probably go buy kyle pitts i can't believe he's like a third rounder right now. every time tight ends come up you inevitably talk about one of the only ones that matters exactly like, bro dude <laughs> like dude shroud like shroud versus pitts not even a conversation in dynasty let's be real sell dalton kincaid plus uh Any, your firstborn son you for kyle pitts yeah, whatever you need to do to get Kyle Pitts. Like, if you can go from Kincaid to Pitts, whatever you whatever you need. As long as it's, like, not, like, horrible market value, go, go do it. You can try it up for Goddard, too. You can try yeah. it for Andrews. Start with Kincaid in a first. See what happens. Like, I definitely think that would work in some leagues. Uh, I, I agree, for sure. Yeah. All uh, right. I meant to say this earlier, too. Um, yeah. But, but it's just, like, good wisdom. Um, goes back to what you were saying earlier about, like, buying high versus selling low. Um, like, buying high is like because like you have to like you want a guy and if you're only in one dynasty league i guess like you can do it where you want you really want a guy on your dynasty team but the guy is a little like where the manager is like a little higher so you have to overpay a little bit but if you're selling low you have 11 other guys to sell to there's no reason to sell very very low that is a good point yeah selling has a has a, yeah that is very wise thank you for that um no, thank you, you have more people to sell sell to and so you should have a, a wider consideration of people you can deal with um whereas buying your kind of your hands are kind of tied if it's like one player uh so yeah. that's a good point the good thing about being in a lot of dynasty leagues is you can go to the kyle pitts manager and they're like yeah actually get out of my face and you can just tab over to another league and try again right exactly yeah. so that's uh, and that's thing. i've had that i've had that for sure like i've been trying to buy kyle pitts in one league for multiple years and it just doesn't work so it's like okay sometimes whatever you gotta, sometimes you just gotta you got to let it go and you just got to get your exposure somewhere else. Uh, yeah. My last guy my, here. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, was about to say, I was about to say my biggest, my biggest W um, amongst the nerds is last year where I was just like, everyone was drafting Kyle Pitts like really high in like first round of startups. And I was like, mm -hmm. I ended up with really low exposure just cause like, bro, I don't care. Like I'm still taking Jefferson and chase ahead. And everyone's like, but the difference making, like, I understand that, but you can also have difference making production at wide receiver. And yeah. I, I've come out ahead on that. The, the take was that, like, Jefferson and Chase are going in the, the top first, like, the first round of uh, best ball leagues. And Kyle Pitts was like a third, fourth rounder. And even if it was tight in premium, Pitts would maybe be like an early third or a late second versus. So I was like, okay, dude, the production 
um, for like all these guys where H doesn't matter, uh, or just better for Jefferson and Chase. So I actually don't have that much Kyle Pitts. Uh, so it might be a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of a fake nerd, but like he's still a well. If you were doing now, startups this off season, uh, like a good little dynasty nerd, you would know that he's incredibly attainable. And I've drafted him oh, yeah. in like the third round of every Thir- startup yeah. that I've three, done this he's year. Like, he's three hundred six right now, man. That's yeah. ridiculous. He should. It's still a be steal. In the second round. I have taken Pitts or Andrews in all but one startup that I've been in this off season. So that's how I got my exposure. I had no pitch shares last year. I I didn't. I couldn't get him. Um, but yeah, he's now, very now unattainable. Now I'm overweight, so I, I I love it. Um, this is actually appropriate. Like this doesn't fit anywhere here, but you were talking about Justin Jefferson, and and I haven't touted this trade on this podcast yet, and it's the best trade I've ever made in Dynasty. Um, in Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's rookie season, I traded Kareem Hunt for Justin Jefferson in a second. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> because because I think Nick Chubb got hurt like early in this like week three or four or something that I year. And, and I was like totally tanking. Like I took over the worst orphan team you've ever seen in your life. And I was like, uh, Kareem hunts on the block. And this guy just like cold offered me Justin Jefferson in a second. And I'm like, that that was after the 30 point game versus Tennessee though. Right. It must've been, I think I I don't like, I'd have to pull up the receipts, but it was like early in the season. And I guess there were still questions about Jefferson, like running behind Ola BC Johnson or something. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. okay, like, I guess we're doing this. And, uh, yeah. I haven't looked back so dude after jefferson's rookie season where like i think um the like the sole reason that jefferson wasn't a lot higher in startups was juju smith schuster fell of like failing out where everyone's like yeah like, people were actually saying stuff like is jefferson just doing well because he's next to Thielen?" and i was like <laughs> no man he was a top six wide receiver as a rookie uh 1400 yards but, like let's be real <laughs> and like he was like wide he was wide receiver. Like, he was wide receiver six in startups, or like so, like five maybe. And I was like, okay, man, we'll buy the hell out of that. Like Adams versus Jefferson after twenty twenty in dynasty startups was a real debate. And like now that is here. that is a good point. Yeah, it's but like, everyone everyone wised up with Chase. No one made the same mistake with Chase. Unfortunately, no, no, they did not. They 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 went right to the moon on that one. Um, all right, should. perfect. Last rookie sell, last player we'll talk about today uh, is Bryce Young. He, yes, yeah, he he's really creeping up there. He's at the two twelve now of the last month in ADP. He's actually going one spot ahead of Dak Prescott, which is just ludicrous. Um, look, Bryce Young is a good prospect. He's probably a good passer. Yeah. He had an he had a, a stellar passing profile at Alabama. Like he he looks the part of a number one overall pick. Um, it's just that a lot of players have looked the part of the number one overall pick Baker Mayfield looked the part like it doesn't guarantee anything in the NFL. And when you're passing to Jonathan Mingo and Terrace Marshall, it's just like a lot can go wrong. And even if it doesn't go wrong, there's no guarantee that he's going to be like a Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow type of quarterback. Like not, it's not even fair to say there's no guarantee. It's very unlikely that he's going to be that good of a quarterback. So I don't know. He doesn't run. If he hits, like if he's good, he could still just be Kirk Cousins for his whole career, which is like a yeah. huge disappointment at his price. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, Young and also Stroud are my softest sells ever because I was taking obviously Bijan, but I was taking Anthony Richardson and Jameer Gibbs ahead. Uh, but a lot of people also agreed with that. Like Gibbs one is by ADP. 
they're both ahead of Gibbs or like Stroud and Gibbs are tied. Um, but there were a lot of leagues where I saw Stroud and Young fall to four, five, and six. Young never fell to six, but I've seen Stroud fall to six. And like I ended up with 23% Stroud in the, those 13 leagues and 15% Bryce Young. And so their soft sells in that um, when they're in like the late second, early third of startups, like I absolutely like sell them for a guy like Gibbs or Kyle Pitts or Kyler Murray, Chris Olave, et cetera. All these guys who I think have a lot higher chance to be difference makers in this year and also going forward. And they're all young guys. Um, so there's definitely, there's definitely moves to be made off of them because there's no, like there's very little rushing production that to be projected for them. So even if they are good passers, they're not going to hit a very high ceiling, but they're very soft sells because rookie quarterbacks have a really safe floor in terms of value. And so you really can hold on to them. And maybe, you know, like Young and Stroud, they both have athleticism. Like they could run more, like a little bit more in the NFL to the point where it's not like zero to one points per game rushing. It's like two to three. And that's that's decent. That'll get you a little bit up where it's like, okay, that can put you from like move you, that can move you from like a, like a mid QB one to like, like no, it's like a mid QB two to like a low QB one or something like that in a in a year. And so I'm fine with holding on the onto the shares that I have, but if I'm like actively making a lot of moves, like I'm selling it, I'm selling it for those guys I listed very quickly. Yeah, those are all really good points. I like the the phrase soft sell for them because you don't have to rush. That's the thing. Like they are going to maintain value, even if they have very that look at be awful passers. rookie years. Yeah. yeah, because they have all the excuses built in. Like they're all gonna be like, well, the weapons were bad, they were rookies, yeah. like they're easing in. They were, you know, they were high picks for a reason. They have the college profile. Like there are a million built-in excuses. They're probably not gonna bleed a lot of value, even if they have bad years. They could gain value potentially. Um, for me, the thing is that I I don't see outside of like a top like a 95th percentile outcome. I don't think either of them are going to get into the first round of startups. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I'm just, I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of active right now in sending out offers mm. and I don't have a lot of them, no, but if I did, it. I would just be, I would just be firing off. Like, give me Kyler Murray plus like, give me Dak Prescott, give me Kyle Pitts. Like I would be trying to make those moves because they are exciting and they're shiny new toys. Um, yeah. And those other players like, the thing about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud isn't that I think they'll lose value. It's that I think all the guys around them that I really want to buy are about to gain value. That's the thing. Yeah. Either or, gain value or be more difference-making production. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I think, like, like Kyler, like, I think he's going to be an early second-round startup pick, like, by the end of the season. Like, I, I genuinely yeah. think that because I think he'll get back on the field. The injury will be behind him. He'll have a couple good games or whatever, and then, like, you won't be able to get him anymore. I think it'll be, yeah, I think it'll be a first rounder in no time, like a year. There you go. So that's where where it is for me. Like I don't have a fear of missing out on the sell window for these guys. It's more that I think there are other players that they pair nicely with as trade partners, uh, and I don't want to miss out on their buy windows. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. Like when you have these guys who are valued so highly, but then you have this projection for them, it's so easy to reach like a lot higher ceilings with that with their value like that's why i love having them it's just like it's so there's it's so easy to be flexible with them because they basically are still of like a 104 rookie pick basically yeah it's, it's so easy to sell them and so very soft sell but they're still a sell 
Yeah, I only ended up with one Bryce Young, and I I just mm. traded him like two weeks ago for Josh Allen. Uh, not straight up, but like I traded him with some stuff for Josh Allen. So oh, not mad about that. Great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like Josh. It was like Bryce Young, Brock Purdy, Jahan Dotson, and like a late first for Josh yeah. Allen. So. Dude, like the thing that like for me, um, I had like a lot of those picks, and so like what I did in my freshman year of college, so two years ago, the uh, 2022 draft. Is I would like ma- I would make I made so many moves to get out of picks where I didn't want to pick a guy, um, but then last year and it was the same in my freshman year, but I didn't care. Like rookie season, the rookie draft season is li- literally the same week of exams for me, or like the week before, and so I'm not a- I don't have the time. So uh, I was just like, okay, I'll pick these guys. Like they're good. They're like they, they fell a little bit. Like I made I made like a lot of trades still where I'll be like. I I just like quickly send out a second and a 106 to a 105 to get Jameer Gibbs or, instead of JSN or something like quick like that. But then if like they fell to me, I would just take them because I can still sell them later for the same price, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was fine with any of those top six guys. Like if I had a 106, like I was just chilling. I'll take yeah. JSN if he's there. I'll take Stroud if he's there. Like no big deal. Yeah, um, it was four. It yeah. was uh four guys. Like not four. It was five guys for me. Like the, the burger place. But Jason's closer to <laughs> Jason's closer to Johnston and Addison for me. Um, oh, really? He's higher than them, and I I think he's kind of in his own tier. But I understand I understand why he's like in a in the tier with Gibbs for some people. But I just don't have him there just because he's not going to project it for the same production in his rookie year, and I don't see the same chance for like value like a top twelve. NFL pick at running back versus a first round, like a first round wide receiver, the hit rate is like 80% or like 90% like compared to like 50%. Oh, Gibbs JSN was not a discussion. The second no, Gibbs agree. got picked like for sure. I mean, I was, I was Gibbs over JSN before the draft. Um, yeah. And I'm Gibbs yeah. over JSN by like a second round start, uh, rookie pick. And so, Oh, more like, than that for that's, me. That's, yeah. yeah, I agree more, but like that's that's what constitutes a tear break for me. Yeah. And so like I, I did not have him in the same tier. He's I guess he's floating in his own tier just because um there's a there's uh he has a better prospect profile than Addison and Johnston. Like there's I don't know the wisdom of the crowds, which I kind of follow, uh, where it's like okay, body catching for QJ, like maybe his route running is not as good. Uh, not as good of a program. Like Addison has like speed score concerns, uh, even though he's drives his Lambo really and fast. And speeding concerns, yeah. Yes, I was gonna say. exactly. But like, okay, let's like, like I'm gonna be real. Like the top five picks at quarterback and the top twelve NFL pick for uh, a running back versus all these first round wide receivers. The hit rate's more similar to the wide receivers. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I uh, I was definitely like actively i was sending out offers for the most part if i had like a 106 to try to get into that 103 uh 104 spot but i wasn't like sweating it you know i was i was pretty content um to grab the guy that fell there there was actually one league it was actually it's kind of funny between the end of the season and the rookie draft uh like during the rookie draft i had at different times held the 101 102 103 104 105 and 106 yeah. Uh, never at the same time. I just ended up dealing like all of those picks, and then I didn't pick anyone except JSN at the 106. But I ended up getting like Kyle Pitts and Brees Hall, and uh, it was I like I just kept trading on the clock. Like it was, it was pretty, it was kind of crazy actually. But yeah, my two, my two JSN shares is one league where I had the 101, 
uh, three, five, and six, and then seven and nine or something like that. <laughs> that's a like, tank. That's a tank done right. That's that's me in 2020 with one of my friends, like who just traded for all the 2023 20, picks years ago because he knew the class was going to be great. And we're like, okay, let's this is like a little casual league. Let's punt forever and build a super team. Um, and then the other one is a 14 teamer with Twitter guys where Jacob took Gibbs second over like third, maybe. Yeah, third overall. And it's 14 teams. Maybe he didn't pick him third overall. But anyways, the quarterbacks are a lot more valuable. And so there's right. no way I could trade up. So I just had six and I just had I just picked Jason. Yeah, I don't think you'll regret it. I think he's real I think no. he's gonna be I don't, I'm not gonna, gonna regret it. He's another yeah. he's another rookie, rookie wide receiver, bro. Like his value installation is gonna be fantastic. Like you can, I'll yeah. never like, like he's he's a good player, and even if he's not like amazing, he's he's gonna hold his value. Great candidate for the uh, the DJ Moore effect there uh, with JSN, exactly for sure. So I think he'll be solid. All right, well those were some buys and some sells. Uh, we got some wisdom from Akash, who is coming out of his dynasty offseason slumber uh, for some for some good content. Akash, appreciate you coming on the show, uh, making it. the time for me. You guys can follow him on Twitter at YZR Fantasy. You can follow me on Twitter at Paul underscore DFF. I know you just said you're not making any content. Is there anything sure. that people should be looking out for from you? Anything? You got any funny memes in the works? Your Photoshop guy got anything Dude. Anything cooking? I tweeted. I, I was going to take a shower earlier today, and I just randomly was like sitting on my bed, and I tweeted a Kadarius Tony meme, and now it has 1,400 likes in two hours. So that's a – yeah, that was a good meme. Have there you seen go. it? Have you seen it? I haven't. I haven't seen it. No, I, I it was like Terrius Tony. Her, I need a man who won't play games. And then me. <laughs> Hilarious. But they won't play games. I got you. I got you. Yes. But um, other than that, like I'm nothing planned. You if like if you're going to the fantasy football expo, I'll be there and you can look for me because I'll be like one of two, three brown people there. So you'll be able to find me easily. <laughs> um I will not be there, unfortunately. Yeah, I have a four-month-old son, and uh, and I will valid. not be able to drive. You probably bring him for real to Ohio. You know, maybe next year. Uh, yes, maybe sir. next year, I will. I will give it a shot. It seems like fun, and I would love it's to amazing. play some flag football. But I've gone. Uh, this is gonna be my third year, man. It's so much fun. That's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. I will. I will. I will give it a shot. I'll, maybe yes, I'll sir. see you there. Uh, maybe I'll see you there next year. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for the show. So if you guys aren't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please make sure you do dynasty football factory. I'm doing this every week. There's bonus clips that drop exclusively on YouTube. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, make sure you hop on over there and check them out. I do them almost every single week and the content is just as good as the main show. So uh, go check it out and I will see you guys next week. Listeners are going to really enjoy the Kadarius Tony <laughs> theme. DM, he DM'd me. Who? Canarius Tony? Yes. Oh my keep gosh. That in, keep that in the show, bro. Canarius <laughs> Tony DM me. He blocked me too. No, I can't what even did say he, anything. What did he say? He said, you're the only who won't play no game, bum ass bitch at home being a fan. <laughs> No, Kadarius. Kadarius. I think he fakes the injuries so he has more time to send out dude. angry messages on okay. social media. Dude, holy <laughs> shit, man.